0: did it cross the line, the podcast that asks what happens when a Liverpool supporter marries a Chelsea supporter. While most married couples are moving house unexpectedly, working crazy hours during the Euros, getting COVID, admiring Jack Grealish's calves, falling in love with a tiny remote-controlled car, comforting their Spurs-supporting cat because Harry Kane might be leaving the club befriending a very bold local squirrel, taking on flag Twitter, debating whether celebrities shower enough, debating whether I shower enough. We we are, of course, arguing about which of Liverpool or Chelsea will win the Premier League this season and probably not predicting that Everton will finish in the top six this time, to be honest. Um, I'm Alex, the Liverpool fan. With me is always my wonderful wife, Rebecca, who is the Chelsea fan. Hello. Yes. Hello. <laughs>
1: it's been so so long. We took the summer off partly because of my job and partly cuz we really were just very burned out because of I think life circumstance and then just when we were ready to come back I got the covid mm-hmm. and I'm still I'm still actually off sick now. I'm still really struggling. Um I can't like get through the day without falling asleep. I was in hospital last week. You wouldn't believe how long it's actually taken us to put together this show mm. um because we've had to record it in little segments because I've not been able to do even an hour's podcast which is absolutely insane but at least my cough's kind of gone um, I am getting better now I've just got really bad brain fog and I'm really tired and that is what I'm going to blame any predictions that go very <laughs> very wrong this time next year when, on
0: when you forget that like Messi's left Barcelona or something, that's when we know the brain fog has really kicked in. That
1: I don't think I could forget. No. If I'm being perfectly honest.
0: We'll come on to that one, yeah. One of the many wild stories we'll try and catch up on. Also,
1: I can't believe you didn't mention the small cat in the intro because... The small
0: tiny cat who I keep encountering when I go to the shop. So yeah, we have moved house unexpectedly, basically.
1: We now live in suburbia by the way though, and it's the most suburbia of all suburbia places that you could possibly imagine well, living <laughs> and guess what it's can i even say this guess what it's called can I say it's called Watkins Drive?
0: Well, you have now.
1: I have, I know, but I didn't know whether you were going to give me the look that meant to stop talking. I'm editing this out because you can't disclose our address. Um, but yes, because we are, of course, the Watkins, um, there is one N as a discrepancy. And However... We live,
0: we live on Watkins Drive now. We do,
1: and hopefully nobody's a weird, weird stalker, <laughs> but you don't know what number, you don't know what area of the country, so it's all fine.
0: But yeah, you're gazing out. <laughs> into a gone just when you said the cough word gone it comes back
1: yeah i can i can get through a fair bit now without coughing i got i was at the stage where i couldn't even say like four words without having like a massive coughing bit Now it's just like here and there laughing is my worst attribute. That's why I'm watching very unfunny shows. I've been watching Greys after the plane crash
0: so, just to make wow. sure that like I don't
1: laugh at the telly.
0: So you're saying basically I have to not be funny on this it's podcast.
1: Not, uh, oh, I just thought you meant in general life. I was going to say it's not a hardship, is it?
0: Wow. Wow. wow.
1: <laughs> and we're back. But I was,
0: was going to say you're facing the way where you can look out into this lovely tree area I'm looking the direction where the cardboard cutout out of Jürgen yeah, Klopp is overlooking us as we podcast so
1: I fixed the head of Klopp with silo tape and I fixed twice decapitated drug but with nails <laughs> nail glue silo tape and prit stick because I just was not letting that fucker die
0: yeah basically is that not because of Well actually Drogba's wasn't
1: because of the move Klopp died in the move
0: Klopp also died when I celebrated with him vigorously after the Premier League win I was going to say was it both after Champions League wins but I think Drogba suffered after your Champions League win Drogba
1: was fine after we won the Champions League he wasn't even in the room he was um, unfortunately put in the bed after we lost the FA Cup final and both me and Noah got on top of ah, him. Yes. Noah severed him between his hips and his legs
0: because <laughs> yes, Noah that. weighs more than the average catto. That feels like so long ago now. Well it kind of is in a way because it, it has been a little while since we've been recorded ages. but time. Still, I know we're kind of out of lockdown now, but it's still very, time is still moving in an odd way.
1: I haven't left the house in, I think, a month now. Because I I was in the office that Wednesday, tested positive, hadn't left the house since, tested Mm. positive that Saturday, Sunday, didn't I? And I haven't left the house since. I think it's been nearly a month.
0: Yeah, it's been fun. Sorry, I was going to mention the cat, wasn't I? That's how we got onto this. The small cat I keep encountering.
1: And when you first met him, it was like the cutest message I think you'd ever sent me. (laughs) on messenger, I can't even remember it, but I know it
0: was cute. It's because I was, I think I was picking you up some medicine ironically i was like not now tiny cat i have errands to run that is what it
1: was <laughs> yes the fact that i can't remember when i technically have an eidetic memory for what i've read should show you where i am with brain fog but yes it was not now tiny kato i have things to do <laughs> places to
0: be but yes our tiny slightly larger than that catto catum will probably appear shortly probably when we mention harry kane's probably inevitable transfer that's coming up to yeah, be Yeah, Noah
1: versus the squirrel has probably been the best bit of suburbia. That and the fact that like we live next to the best couple in the world who are like actually gorgeous and people, um, like actually amazing people. They mm. gave us like a bottle of wine and stuff when we moved in and a card and I was having like the shittest time at work. <laughs> I was in away with an activation and I was really struggling mentally and I got back to the hotel and all I wanted to do was just be at home and you'd messaged me a picture of the card and it was like welcome to the neighborhood love john and yeah. steve and i just burst into tears <laughs> and i was just like this is what i needed to see and then i ordered three takeaways <laughs> didn't eat any of them and just went to bed with like the coldest hotel room ever um, yeah
0: suburbia is quite different to living in the city manchester center. city center right by a bar but yeah you've you've kind of alluded to it there and how much you were working during the euros and Mainly England's fault for doing so well, isn't it really, that you had to do so much around it? Scotland
1: and Wales did me really solid, (laughs) like really solid, and then got fucked so hard by England. It was devastating.
0: Yeah, well, should we we should start there. I mean, obviously, the Premier League is back this weekend. We're going to get to that and kind of preview that and chat about Liverpool and Chelsea's chances. We'll catch up on the Community Shield as well, because it it did happen. It was certainly a game that happened. Can't remember much of it because it was not a thriller, but anyway. I think um, I fell asleep. (laughs) It wasn't great, but how often are they great, to be honest? Whenever we win them. There you go. (laughs) But pretty much it is that as a competition though, isn't it? It's great if you win it and who cares if you don't. But yeah, this is our fourth season doing this podcast, you know, which is pretty wild.
1: That is actually incredibly wild. The other wild thing is, speaking about cups, it is Tonight, the Super Cup, which is absolutely wild because we've recorded a fair bit of this, um, how do you call it, podcast after the Community Shield, which by the way had to stop calling itself the Charity Shield thank you Grace Robertson for letting mm-hmm. us know this on Twitter because they gave so little to charity and as what? one commentator said uh, wait till they find out how little it does for the community they'll have to change Fucking their name again um, probably to so the Pep Guardi look up but yeah, we recorded a fair bit of that and I was like, oh that'll be fine because we always record the intro last, whenever mm-hmm. we're getting something out in segments, we'll always do the intro last and then I thought, oh we'll be absolutely fine and it's taken me so long, again apologies Alex, it's taken me so long to get through podcast on separate days that tonight is in fact the Super Cup so we will reference that on our next podcast yeah. but I am just deeply grateful that Radamel Falcao doesn't exist although I expect him to just rise from like the dead or something and start playing for one night only <laughs> because I have deep fear with him and Super Cups but I think it's very much <laughs> isn't it one of those where getting into the season and it's it's not really counting as as much of a game as you'd
0: usually expect. It's weird also because when Liverpool and Chelsea had the super. Bowl. That was a few weeks into the season, yeah. wasn't it? So it's weird that it's happening before the season this time.
1: Yeah, it is a strange one because I remember when we played Athletic and stuff and got absolutely murdered. I'm pretty sure. But oh, again, we all
0: remember that one.
1: Thank you. Uh, could be wrong, but I thought that was pretty into the season as well. So, yeah, it is a bit of a strange one that it's so early. But, yeah, we'll chat about that on, on the next show and just yeah. do a little bit of a round-up there anyway. Absolutely. But shall we um, move back on to, as you said, the Euros and England fucking me over? Euros,
0: yeah. So, it didn't come home. Uh, it went to Rome, as we know. But we all had a lot of fun, didn't we? <laughs> it was worth the cough. I don't care. We had fun, we made lots of memories along the way. Um, Euro 2020, aka Euro 2021, never quite got over that branding, but I know you didn't have the greatest time because you were working so much and stuff like that, but as a tournament, actually really enjoyable and far better than I think it had any right to actually be, because we spoke about it so much going into it because of the nature of how the season had, be, had been the season before getting delayed and everything mm. like that, how much football these players had actually played. The fact that the games were as entertaining as they were w- was pretty mad, I thought. Like, it was really good.
1: I feel like you are a better place to chat about that than me, and for a number of reasons. One, you're always more invested in the international tournaments mm. than I am, I think, the garbage. Two... <laughs> I barely saw any of it because I was so busy working through it and I was approving content. I was mm. doing x, y, and Z. I was running actual activations in the latter stages, so I wasn't actually able to watch most of the football, which was kind of a real shame and a bit of a almost like a bit of a deal breaker for me I think because I was like quite disappointed, especially after Italy Spain that I really, really, really yeah. barely seen a lot of that game um, and then you, you don't have time to go back and watch it really do you because you've, you've already like missed so much and then there's another game and another day and yeah
0: oh it was it's always relentless those tournaments the, the
1: only thing I would take from it is I remember opening game when I actually wasn't working and the first thing I said and I think it was the first thing you said hmm. and I never ever wavered from it throughout the tournament was Italy going to win this yeah. and they're going to win it quite comprehensively and yeah. even as England progressed rest and stuff it was for me anyway always going to be Italy just knowing that little bit more just being that little bit better Um, from the final obviously disgusted at the abuse that certain players got I think there is a certain level of blame that Gareth Southgate needs to be taken here um, for putting certain players up for penalties. Yeah, particularly Saka.
0: Like... Yeah,
1: I know they volunteered, but as a manager, you've got to be strong enough at times to kind of say no. Yeah. Um, and I think it when you come to penalties, it's, it's a whole pie chart. It's not just one slither, i.e. a player saying they want to take it. It's what happens if they miss? Are they strong enough mentally to take one really anyway? Could a certain other player cope slightly better or should we'd be thinking about what's gonna happen. And if, if it was me, I certainly wouldn't have subjected them to that. I yeah. I don't think it was fair. Well, um, it,
0: it, says, it says it all that as soon as, we were obviously messaging because you were down doing doing the event in London, but you knew, I knew, the people you were with I not name
1: knew. the player I was actually talking to at the time, but we had, um because it was obviously like, we had a big activation, at one of the box parks and we had a big activation at Wembley as well, um, with, with obviously people going to the game, but I I got a few ex footballers down as well as part of our kind of talent. And I was speaking to one of them and the first thing I said was, I am already frightened about what the Daily Mail yeah. are gonna do. Well it was right now.
0: And you know, it wasn't actually in the end the tabloids, it was just, you know, racists, unfortunately. But we knew, like as soon as it was those three players who missed what was about to happen and it's there's been obviously stuff Twitter put stuff out in the last couple of days saying the majority did come from the UK 1,900
1: racist tweets I do believe yeah
0: and the majority from accounts that were identifiable which is where this whole ID for social media argument falls down one of many places I think we've spoken about this before why it just wouldn't work on one of the previous shows because there's we are strongly against it yeah there's so many factors in that but yeah we, we knew unfortunately and that's the saddest state of affairs that three young black players can't just not score penalties in a football match. Also,
1: I really think, and I will repeat this till the day I die, there's a lot of very delusional people out there. I, I by the way, used to be one of them who used to take football far too fucking seriously. Mm. And it used to be the absolute be-all and end-all. And it's like, it's it's a game. People kick a yeah. ball around obviously i really enjoy it obviously it's one of the highlights of my week oh yeah would never say anything different but so is getting jolly rogers the chippy closest (laughs) to us who do absolutely banging chips by the way disgraceful batter sausage but banging chips um and you know at the end of the day it's it's players kicking a ball around and even in the last like few days with this messy narrative i couldn't be more sick to death with absolute nonsense takes on it and It's just like, right, let's again, and I said this on one of our shows last season, let's talk about CEOs and how much they actually get paid, let's talk about the actual figures of corporations, let's talk about the lack of tax that certain organisations get paid, let's talk about Jeff Bezos and his little Mm -hmm. cronies going into space
0: his little penis rocket
1: I mean he very much has small dick energy but (laughs) you know let's talk about all of these different things, let's talk about all of that type of stuff before the easiest go to is oh but the footballers and Mm. you know we don't ever go oh but the cricket stars or oh but the rugby players or yeah. oh but the x y and z Do we? we seem to attack strong black women in sport and we seem to attack you know footballers who earn x y and z and the reason we do that by the way is because we've been so conditioned by governments and you know the fucking bootlicking media that that's the first thing that we are taught to do and it's it's always that comparison of it's like for example if you're off sick from work and other people go in when they're ill even we've said now with covid and how things have changed when you have a cold really you should be staying Mm -hmm. at home but how many times raise your hand if you've done this when you listen have you gone in in the past when you've had a cold or flu and it's been detrimental to you and it's been detrimental to people in the office but because of the way the media have been you basically get conditioned to think you're doing a good job by going in you're being strong Mm. and soldiering on and it's all these little conditioning things that you know really make you think how badly we've been indoctrinated and it's Mm -hmm. the same with football Footballers, we have been pitted against footballers. Mm -hmm. The regular person has been pitted against footballers. We haven't been pitted against CEOs, by the way. We haven't been pitted against people like Rishi Sunak, who are in no way self-made. He is a billionaire. He married into even more money, and now he has a position in the government. We have never been pitted against him. We are pitted against Marcus fucking Rashford. Do you do you get the scale of how bad this actually is?
0: Like the fact that Marcus Rashford was getting abused. Like, no one should get
1: abused. But but remember how you said to me a while back on one of the podcasts, he is untouchable. I don't know what they can actually find because there's nothing in his past. And he missed a penalty. That's what they thought they could try and touch him on. Because even when they're not overtly doing it, it's, oh, penalty missing Marcus Rashford on a yacht Mm. with Sancho or whoever the fuck else he was with. Like, kid enjoys himself.
0: Yeah. Who cares? Kid goes on holiday. Oh, politics chat already we're back aren't we and speaking of that as well like the other side of this with the England thing is because we we feel I think both of us have like quite a disconnect from the England side and the reason be- is because of a certain section of the fan base and that's what we saw when the players got abused and racially abused after the game um politicians flag twitter. twitter and then politicians like Boris Johnson and Pretty Patel jumping on the fucking bandwagon And shout out to Tyrone Mills in particular for having the guts to call it out. But to be honest, shout out to the entire England team who have conducted themselves for the entire tournament and beyond pretty incredibly. And they just seem like in the main a great bunch of lads, to be honest. Yeah,
1: I think there are a few things I think about this England side. One, Gareth Southgate is a bit magnolia, but he does what he can do to the best of his ability, and I think he speaks well.
0: With Southgate, he 98% of the time says the right stuff, backs the right things. Little bit of World War II nonsense got dropped in after the Germany game, didn't he? But again, that's like people being so indoctrinated in this country. It's like, can we not just talk about... Because as a football game, by the way, like because beating Germany, it's a very one-sided rivalry, Germany-England, let's be honest, apart from that World Cup win and us winning 5-1 one time. But England beating Germany was a big deal and it was a big performance. Like You don't need to talk about the other shit. There is a This is a rivalry I mean, on the pitch.
1: I was genuinely... I wasn't shocked in any way. I don't know why I was going to say the words genuinely shocked. I was like interested, I'll use that um, adjective. I was interested in how little people spoke about the German team or analysed the German team, how bad Mm. they've been for the last couple of tournaments, the team selection, whether the manager should have even been there, whether his time and a lot of the players' times had come and gone. He
0: he should have gone, Yogi Love. He should have gone. But when he got caught
1: sniffing his bottom crack.
0: Well he'd have gone pretty fucking quickly before he even won the World (laughs) Cup if that was the case. But no. (laughs) Um after the the last tournament, the World Cup, where they got knocked out in the group stages, I believe, were really poor, he picked far too old a team. And yet he did was a bit more adventurous in selection this time like but it he still felt all the wrong people exactly well. it felt like he still picked the wrong team um like there were there were great performers like goosens who we really enjoyed who's not his name but yeah he's obviously had a phenomenal season a phenomenal couple of seasons as well but it was there was sort of papering over the cracks it never felt like when you were looking at the main teams they never felt like a team in a way that england did like oh, England felt like... definitely
1: felt like a team i think the team i most enjoyed watching was probably switzerland but the most thing yeah the <laughs> thing i enjoyed the most about the entire euros was that small car and the tiny
0: car I how seen... we got this far without mentioning the tiny car well
1: actually and the gesture you just did was far bigger than five tiny cars in a row i'm <laughs> just so um, excited
0: about the tiny car
1: but like our friend lottie they said that um the fact that messi wasn't announced in a tiny car is really not that, that good is, and I i'm like that's that. true but they <laughs> were right it's ruined for me now because <laughs> is Messi is small. He would have fit in a small car. You could have at least done a K-8 or one of those. Do you know um, the car that What's-Her-Name has in that film that you say you hate but then you go put on a bad film so I can go to sleep, so I put it on? Oh, the, Life as they know it. Oh, yes, the, the Catherine the, Heigl one when she's got comedy. Get out of my smart car to Josh Dumetal. The romantic Messer, Eric
0: the, Messer. The romantic comedy where two characters die, right, quite early on. It's like, is this a comedy? This seems like a weird premise for a comedy.
1: Do you even understand what films are? Have you never <laughs> seen Disney?
0: Okay, you've, you've raised a very good point there, to be fair.
1: Bromance <laughs> was born out of the ashes of death. Anyway, so the tiny right. car...
0: Katniss Everdeen.
1: <laughs> that was um, forged in the crucible of the games.
0: It was pretty close, though, wasn't it? But yeah, the tiny car, I thought, like napoli need to get those cars because they've got oh, they Mertens, they've got Insigne. <laughs> if they get shakiri who's been like linked quite heavily to theirs, like if they're not all driving tiny cars onto the pitch that is a missed opportunity as far as i'm concerned
1: maybe inter milan should just get 11 and just have them as their team for next season <laughs> that, it's, gonna be that, that at this, right? yeah, it's gonna be
0: that
1: <laughs> anything else but yeah, um, I thought England as a team, obviously Jordan Henderson is the captain, um, England as a team <laughs> he is did, the captain. did really, really well.
0: But yeah, so... Clear they, progression as well. That's what I was going to say, like, there are so many elements that surround the team that we just wind us up, basically. But the team on the pitch, they were, they were entertaining, they were a good team, they are exciting players and you know they are like we say they are players who are standing up for the right things Henderson like wearing rainbow laces yeah all of them taking his the knee speech before the today game.
1: or whenever it was on taking the knee it yeah. was
0: yeah yeah I'm saying we're gonna continue to do it no it's it's basically like it is against racism there's never been anything else basically stop believing the shit the right-wing tabloids feed you and that was the the thing with like certain conservative politicians, shall we say, and certain right-wing commentators who then had a go at these players and tried to turn people against them for taking the knee. Again, against racism, by the way, is why they're doing it. And then as soon as they get to, you know, quarter-final, semi-final, final, final, they then want to do their faux-patriotic England first bullshit and try and act like they've been supporting them all along, which... In that way, it couldn't have blown up in those right wingers' faces more. The fact that you know this team did so well while continuing to oh yeah make take a stand, take a knee um, take, against racism. You know, keep
1: keep their morals as well. Yeah. And I think that's I never really waver important. From it. Yeah, and by the way, we forget even somebody like Hendo, by the way, who's like considered like. In inverted commas, old and seasoned. Mm. Yeah, he's he's really not old. It even when you're like mm. thirty five. By the way, forty. It's very hard to find like your voice yeah. and to stand up to. By the way, how many people sit in, like, family circumstances and feel really fucking uncomfortable about what's said and still just, like, leave it being said because they don't know what to say, or they don't want to stand up to people. Henderson is standing up to an entire country mm. and still doing it, and all those other yeah. players are. Henderson,
0: Rashford, like... Tyro Ming's calling out Pretty Patel Mings is was great incredible. Like yeah. Also
1: then all the kind of rebuttals from the right wing loonies <clears> who were saying, but you have to understand it's not the actual footballers who write these replies. It's like, oh my yeah, god, go which and fuck yourself. In and of itself is, head.
0: is racist when they're like trying to claim Rashford couldn't be that eloquent in a reply and stuff like that. It's like we know what you're implying and we know what stereotypes you're drawing on. Um yeah we are we are back like we are fully in the politics and anti-racism chat already Um, is this
1: a football show or is this a
0: political show i think people know it falls somewhere in between the two but yeah in terms of other stuff from the tournament like you you mentioned the top like italy pretty much from game one we were like they look like the favorites because they were you know so fluid in attack in a way you know People hadn't. I don't think people really clocked quite how good they were. You know, they were exciting, re- fluid, and then backed up by the defensive solidity of having yeah. Chiellini, 100%. of having Bonucci, of having these really. Donnarumma
1: had a stunning. He really
0: did. Um, ended up winning play of the tournament, I think. Which I was like, maybe got slightly them through,
1: harsh. Like, two penalty shootouts. Yeah,
0: so I understood. I was just like, maybe there are a couple of other players who you know maybe would have deserved it, like Spinazzola was phenomenal for instance as as a wing back but yeah i
1: think if he hadn't got injured
0: it was it was yeah and the fact that they you know still went and won when he was so you know not to name drop liverpool so early but it was that way of playing as a full-back bringing yeah. you creativity from the flanks um and yeah you know Chiellini who just appears to be fucking ageless and shithousery to the max against saka in the final um, immobile shithousery, which is one of the funniest things I've seen, and all the English knobheads got really wound up about. It's like, just find it funny. It's just quite funny, isn't it, that he pretended to be hurt and then immediately got up, um, and was obviously shown up very uh, quickly after that when Sterling went down easily in the semi-final to get a penalty, and they all went quiet about shithousery at that point, didn't they? Um. But yeah, Italy were Italy were phenomenal. And then, yeah, loads of shocks along the way. France obviously getting knocked out by Switzerland. Like you said, really entertaining side. Um, like how... I mean, France were phenomenal for the time they were in it. You know, seeing Paul Pogba play like that and it's like why can't... Well, we know why Solskjaer can't get him to play like that, but I'm sure we'll talk about that. But, you know, how Paul Pogba can operate when a you know, an N'Golo Kante is behind him and how much freedom he has to ping the ball around and stuff. Yeah, it was that day, by the way, where it was like France versus Switzerland and Croatia versus Spain, like two of the best, most exciting football matches I've probably seen in a single day. That was the thing, like that was sort of encapsulated how bizarrely good this Euros was. And then Before we kind of move on, we should mention Denmark, Christian Eriksen, we obviously haven't spoken about that, with not recording um, during the summer. So, obviously, everyone knows what happens with him, happened with him collapsing on the pitch and everything. And, you know, showed the importance of the medical support being so quickly available to players. Having cardiac
1: monitors.
0: Exactly. we, you know, we tweeted about it a lot at the time. People who follow us on social media will know our thoughts. And, you know, a lot of people said this as well of like the disgusting behavior of the cameras, like trying to get shots of him while he was fighting for his life on the ground. The fact that the players had to form a protective ring around him when they are also, like, in shock. The fact the... that
1: they cut to his wife.
0: That was, that's the big one. Like, the fact they cut to his wife in the crowd while, you know, showing her distraught. The fact that the broadcasting companies didn't cut away, you know, the BBC being one of them, like, I know they didn't, they weren't it's running... was a b- the... very big
1: difference between running the stream and being able to cut away anyway, go to exactly. the, the studio, Exactly, just back to the studio,
0: exactly. And then the fact that UEFA... It's grief porn its is, it it is, and it's it's that thing of people not knowing where the line is anymore sometimes and like you need to that for a long time. True, yeah. But like, you know, you could people were like sharing images on social media of it and it's like just stop and yeah, the the fact UEFA basically coerced Denmark into p- finishing that game against yeah. Finland is... And I know, again, people who follow us on social media, I've ranted about this a lot because there were two things here. So Denmark um, then were sort of, I guess, spoken about in the sense that they were ride, riding this wave of emotion and everything else, which they absolutely were. Of, co- of course they were. But I think people sort of forgot or overlooked that they were a fucking good yeah, team as well they, they came were. into the t- tournament as a highly ranked sort of dark horse type team and whether they had ericsson playing or not there are a lot of really talented young players a lot of experienced players and players who play in big teams across yeah. europe um which was shown by the fact they then got to the semi-final and like the performance in wales for instance where they just blew them away basically Wales just couldn't really land a finger on them at all. Um but the other side of that is, as I was saying on social a lot, is UEFA basically forced them, bullied them to an extent into finishing that game on the night or playing it the next morning, which is not a choice by the way, to people who tried to argue that with me. <laughs> that is not a that is two shit options. So they went back out on the night Um, played while they had no idea really what state Ericsson was in. You know, they were still in shock. They're still in essentially a form of grief, I guess. Because I know they were told he
1: was technically okay, but you have no idea whether people are going to... Well, you have no idea.
0: Also, you can't just like switch off the fact from your brain that you've just seen him collapse in front of you like an hour earlier and you've had to stop fucking TV cameras from filming it. And, you know, people spoke about for instance Kasper Schmeichel and the shit that guy has seen in his career in the yeah. past few years it's the stuff some of these players have gone through is is crazy and yeah, they ended up losing that match to not a you know not a bad finland side but certainly not a side that was going to really do anything yeah. in the tournament and denmark then nearly got a result against Belgium in the next game with the better team for most of it. But then Belgium activated De Bruyne mode, basically, (laughs) and got got the win. So then Denmark had to scrape through, essentially, on their last game, had a big wait to see if they were going to, you know, actually go through. And the tournament was nearly robbed of one of the best teams, one of the most exciting teams throughout, because UEFA couldn't just fucking not be UEFA for It's also
1: that it affects where they finished, who they played, yeah. what their path was.
0: Exactly. And, like, in the end, like, they, you know, they got to the semi-finals, which is but probably other teams more than, yeah.
1: that didn't play Denmark, they might have, they got further than they should have. 100%. Other teams that played Denmark and, you know, maybe shouldn't have had to,
0: didn't yeah. get
1: as far as they should.
0: 100% like, UEFA, throughout that tournament set new low bars for themselves every day obviously the lgbtq stuff around you know people protesting players protesting fans protesting against the hungarian government and the way they were clearly trying to stop that from happening because certain games were being played in hungary and we know what it's money it's money basically it's money um so yeah uefa and there, there are about three other things they did that i can't even remember now they were just terrible for the entire tournament uefa from let's face it an organization we don't exactly fucking respect to begin with again goes back to the super league stuff uefa were not the good guys they've never been the good guys. neither was
1: psg by the way no
0: of course not but like well yeah that's just you know football as a whole being (laughs) being what it is nowadays unfortunately yeah
1: an absolute nonce, but yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. I don't know if you've got anything else you want to say about the Euros or. And um, there's
0: probably you know there's probably loads. Like it was it was a really entertaining tournament, and yeah, just so much better than I expected it was going to yeah. be. Really.
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. The other big thing, I guess, that's happened technically over the summer is Messi going to PSG.
0: Yeah, well, that's um that's more of a this week thing, but yeah, it's um.
1: It's still the summer. Might
0: be raining outside. <laughs> it's still the summer. Yeah, Messi going to leaving Barcelona, going to PSG. A moment. I don't think anyone ever truly thought would ever happen. It's. it's don't think strange. Messi thought it would happen. No, judging by his press conference as well. But yeah, sadly, in a lot of ways, Barcelona have been running to the ground yeah. financially to the point that they've now lost their greatest ever playable. The great, the greatest ever player for in my mind. I don't know about you, but I actually <laughs> tweeted.
1: I don't know if you've seen, but I tweeted saying I think La Liga have now lost their biggest two icons over the last twenty years mm-hmm. to PSG because that's Ramos and Messi for yeah. me. The only one that I can see people kind of coming back on it is Ica Casillas, but by the end at Real Madrid, he was a broken figure, whereas I still think Ramos and Spain have learnt very quickly, very <laughs> harshly, that Ramos still has a fuck ton still left in oh, him. yeah, and 100%. for me, you know, Casillas might be Real Madrid's I guess biggest legend, but Ramos for me is their biggest icon. And it's the same with Messi and Barcelona, he is their biggest yeah. icon.
0: Well, yeah, we haven't even spoken about Ramos leaving as well, have we? Like, the fact that we're going to see Messi and Ramos playing in the same side and not in spain as well is is particularly wild not something we would have expected to happen i think ramos is still out for a couple more months isn't he unfortunately while he recovers from this injury because i am very interested to see them play in the same side but yeah um you kind of alluded to it earlier with the messy stuff and some of the um hot takes that um, we saw on social media about um, the fact that Messi should have played for free. Um... The same
1: people saying Messi should have played for free, by the way. Would they, if their company said, we can't afford to give you the pay rise, but we're going to promote you and give you more work and a better title, would they go, yes? No, of course they fucking wouldn't. 100%. And that money is relative to them. Messi's salary is relative to him. And also, if people want to get promotion and they want a salary raise, they go... It isn't necessarily about the money. It's about what the money means in terms of how the company value me. Messi was willing to take a massive pay cut. Shouldn't have even had to, by the way. None of this is because he's this rich or because he has this money. That is a separate conversation. And that's a much wider conversation about how certain jobs are paid way more than others. I don't really see these same people, by the way, going in on actors and actresses for getting 20 million for a film. It's absolutely fucking ludicrous the amount of takes that uh, play for free.
0: Yeah, oh. pl- be the greatest player to ever live, just play for free. But yeah, like what s-
1: precedent? Sorry to cut you, but what precedent does that set for other players? Then, then they're having to play mm-hmm. for free. It's exactly. like the takes that came from Scarlett Johansson doing Disney. She isn't necessarily just doing that for her. She's doing that for every young and underfunded actor and actress. Who have come like you know before and after her, who can then take whatever precedent she gets legally and use that to help themselves. Sometimes people don't just do things for themselves. If Messi played for free, where does the line get drawn?
0: Well, yeah, a hundred percent. And like you said, he did offer to take a big reduction in wages, and I think he probably would have gone lower than that if he could, but. Um, first of all, Spanish law says you can't, like you literally cannot pay someone 50% or less of what they were previously earning, so again this is Barcelona's fault because of contract nonsense that they fucked up but Barcelona also apparently, according to like Spanish football experts, this is have a wage budget akin to a mid-table Premier League club now, so basically their wage budget, I think it was said is half of Man City's now so they couldn't you know, even if he did play for free, it wouldn't have brought down their wage bill enough to where they could no, have actually because they've still got registered. people like
1: Griezmann and Dembele. Exactly. And, no but one... they've just signed, like, Memphis and Aguero as well. They're not going to be on peanuts.
0: I mean, Aguero's fuming <laughs> about this whole situation. It's the only reason he went there was to play with Messi, and no, now he can't. will have been. Yeah, but, yeah, no-one's asking those players to take pay cuts. Why don't all the players take pay cuts so that Messi... You know, it's... This, those takes are just so. Just it's just a surface level, not seeing kind of the bigger picture and the details because you know Messi. Messi loves that club. Like you can say what you want about. Oh Messi. yeah, of course. He,
1: well, he stayed through the I guess latter end of his prime. Yeah, he should have left when he knew ago. he should have gone, and he yeah. stayed, and he still would have stayed even though it would have conflicted with his ambitions. I just think it's always funny, isn't it? Because it's always the same people who have the shit hot takes. Oh, yeah. Even in the footballing world, it's always the same people who (sighs) have the the shit hot takes. They probably say the same battles, though, by the way.
0: That's, like, Shit hot takes, not shit hot takes. Yeah, comments <laughs> are important, different things.
1: guys. Comments um, are important.
0: But on that as well, like the other argument I'm seeing is like, oh he's only gone to PSG because of the money. Um we spoke about this off mic quite a bit the other night. Um just wanted to bring the chance on the mics. Um because people are PSG have obviously skewed football massively, as of Man City and obviously they are the richest club in football Mm. at the moment. So, yes, they can offer him loads of money and they can offer him a massive contract. But also what people weirdly don't seem to take into account is they have Neymar, they have Mbappe, they have an Argentinian manager in Pochettino If you're going to go
1: anywhere, if you're Messi, it's going to be PSG purely for the fact that if you want to... The only option he's got now is to clean up trophies.
0: This is it. Like so, go there. They are. They have the best squad now. They look the best on paper. Even before they'd signed Messi, he's just also, added something else. Do
1: you Do you know what I think is funny, and I think it's the thing that's annoyed these people the most, and it's why they're making the most fuss and really doing down Ligue and stuff and PSG as a club. Mm. It's, who, by the way, didn't win the league last season. Um,
0: Which is also why they've yeah, they hammered so many of these signings. It's
1: because there's always been this assumption, because it's yet again English arrogance. Highlight, bold, red font, italics, <laughs> squared. There's always been this English arrogance that if Messi was ever going to leave... La Liga, He'd go to the Premier He'd, league. of course, want to come to the Premier League mm-hmm. because one, why would he not want to do what certain other people have done in the Premier League? Mm-hmm. And two, why would you not want to come to the Premier League for stuff? It's the best league in the world. And mm, no, because if I was looking <laughs> at which team I thought was going to win the Champions League next season, it ain't going to be Man City. It might, it might end up being Man City for sure. They're never not a contender. Oh,
0: yeah. But But if I was Messi, I'd be like,
1: I can go to PSG, I can play with now the best front three in the world and Sergio Ramos and Ginny Wijnaldum and Donnarumma. Mm. Or I can be left on the bench for the Champions League final and come on for the last (laughs) 10 minutes because Pep's on a fucking other normal one with his Peaky Blinders (laughs) gif that the club have specially made on their Twitter. Like, it gets a fucking real.
0: That fucking meme was was something else. Their social media
1: needs to be sackoed quicko. But honestly, it's it's just wild how the arrogance and that again is why people are so angry that he's gone to PSG. It's because they're like, but we had a god given right to see him yeah. in the <laughs> Premier League. Um, n- no, Susan five seven four three two one. <laughs> no, we didn't.
0: But yeah, the the signings they've made, like I say, even before they brought in Messi, like Ramos, Wijnaldum, Hakimi, Donnarumma, like that is a statement of intent, and they are. On paper, the favourites to win the Champions League—they certainly fucking are now that they've got Lionel Messi there. And but as I said, like, where else can he feasibly go? We were talking this through. Of I he... think are you
1: going to say about Grealish because I think the fact that Man City signed Grealish because you've always said to me, haven't you, that if and I agree, if Messi came to Premier League, you'd have to play further back, right?
0: And potentially he'd be
1: more of like a playmakery type person i,
0: do, I don't know if he, he wouldn't have to do that immediately but definitely as he gets older he's gonna move further and further back into the field i midfield. don't know
1: that nonce but the pace of the premier league as well and the way you do get booted up in the air and not as much time on the ball i do think that if i was bringing Messi to the premier league i want him to play almost a mason mount role mm-hmm and well,
0: I think that might be what he ends up doing at PSG as well. Right,
1: and if you've just spent £100 million on Jack Grealish, can you have Jack Grealish mm. and Mason Mount in the same team? No.
0: So... I mean, they're going to have Grealish and Foden in the same team, apparently. but we'll... I mean, I
1: suppose England are Grealish and yeah. <laughs> Mount, so you probably can.
0: My point is, I just think... Well, I think the fact that they got Grealish when, obviously, people knew this could happen with Messi, it was being talked about, so I think Pep knew that was an option if he wanted Messi. But did he? Does he? That's the thing. So I don't think he necessarily, you know, wanted to go for him. I
1: think it's a slight myth of how good their relationship yeah, was. I, I really do. I don't think Messi had an amazing relationship with him. Yes, of course, it was better than his relationship with Enrique, but him and Enrique were both winners and they learned mm. what they needed to do yeah. to make that, you know, it was on a preface at one point, wasn't it? It was really on the turning edge, but... They learnt what they needed to do to make that happen, and I think that his relationship with Pep wasn't in any way as close as people say. It's not a father mm. and son relationship.
0: I think also, like, look, I could be wrong here, but I think he might look at Man City and what they, the way they have been in the Champions League, and think, well, that's the less attractive option as well. That this, is what I was saying when people go, no, it's just for the money. To me, even that aside, the only two options for him were PSG and Man City, because he's not going to go anywhere else in Spain, out of respect for Barcelona. Bundesliga is not really attractive. I don't think Serie A is attractive to him. So you're looking then at Ligue He's not going to go anywhere but PSG. And in the Premier League, he's not going to go to, I don't think, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, because Liverpool, Chelsea... I don't think he's the biggest fan of our cons, to be (laughs) honest, for what we've done to them in the past.
1: I don't know Matt's well at all,
0: but... (laughs) Where's this going? (laughs) Uh,
1: But the other thing I would think is, I'm assuming, because his family are very, very tight, aren't they? Mm -hmm. But he does have very young kiddies who are very settled in school and stuff. I'm...
0: His kids who did not give a shit about his press conference, which was enjoyable. Um, well,
1: mommy's crying, <laughs> yeah. daddy's crying, kid on phone. Messy it was Matteo, wasn't it? Um, I, I seen one of Matteo and one zero, of the younger I one. Um, but, no, because like, you said that to me, but then I saw one of Matteo doing it as well. I think they were but all that, the yeah. little troll. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: he was probably doing it on purpose.
1: But I would wonder, logistically, how much easier it is to get from Paris to Barcelona yeah. compared from Manchester to Barcelona.
0: What from our Brexity country that's making it more and more difficult to travel so. I I
1: it's just a genuine I have no idea Matt Wise because I'm a logistical moron. Um and in geography no, they taught us about clouds and precipitation as opposed no, it... <laughs> to you know but I would wonder if maybe his immediate family will decamp to Paris but the outer family will stay in Barcelona, they'll keep that family home and they'll they'll go back as much as I th- they can. I and think stuff. that is
0: part of it as well, definitely. Like yeah, it, it's not as simple as OPSG have offered in the most Also money.
1: weather in Paris, lifestyle in Paris. Would you wanna come to Manchester, to England, the I way mean, it we, is right now? <laughs> we I would not live near
0: Manchester, but yeah.
1: <laughs> but I wouldn't. If I was Messi and I had the choice, the genuine choice mm. I wouldn't, and also they are like extremely, extremely attached to their pets, aren't they? Their doggos. I know you could still, because you're Lionel Messi, get them in the UK and stuff, and I don't think all those Brexity things have kicked in yet. But Mm -hmm. even little considerations like that, I bet you can just stick them in a car or a plane and get them over to Paris without much hadoufa. But
0: (laughs) every time you want
1: to take them back with you to Barcelona, is it more hadoufa? i don't know from manchester i feel like it probably is so there are all logistical things Brexity things you know our country right now is a cesspool of nonsense <laughs> and flags and i just <laughs> don't think that's attractive to people that think outside of shagging a poppy for nine <laughs> months out of the year it's just you know that's my personal opinion anyway
0: no i think there are far there's far more at play here than oh they just offered messy the most money like he has ultimately the best chance of winning trophies and winning the Champions League again there. And yeah, all this other stuff we've spoken about around it. And yeah, the hot take here. I think PSG might be quite good this season. Um, like like we say, the signings they brought in across the pitch, but Messi, Neymar, Mbappe... Maybe Di Maria thrown in there as well, depending on how Poch wants to set them up. Empire? I don't think
1: it's anything to do with Poch. I think it's all to do with Messi's PTSD from Argentina. <laughs> Iguay, you know, we're popping up like fancy getting the band back together. Messi's like, oh, fuck, should we go down there? <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, I think Messi will play more of a number 10 role because the thought of him threading balls through to Mbappe is.
1: With is just behind.
0: It's exciting from, you know a neutral point of view but terrifying from a we might play this team in the Champions League point of view because Mbappe will score so many goals with the way Messi can thread balls. I can through. just say
1: it, they're beating you six nil in the Champions League. Messi scores the seventh. Ginny assists him, Ginny just doesn't celebrate at all Messi goes up to him like sticking <laughs> his little finger in his face like four 0 four 0 Not fucking bothered anymore. A hundred
0: percent we're gonna draw them on why Naldam's gonna score the winner. I can see that coming, but yeah t- it's still wild that Messi's there. And yeah, it's wild to me that Ginny's there and I'm trying not to cry about it, but yeah. Do you
1: know what was wild? How bad the charity shield was. It
0: was. Sorry, I was just going to finish on... Oh, you killed remember... my Huh?
1: He killed my segue. Sorry. You murdered it dead.
0: I was going to say, um, remember when Pochettino was being linked with a move back to Spurs two months ago? I do. <laughs> now he's going to be managing on Messi, so I bet he's glad he's stuck around. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, yes, the community shield was... Not great.
1: I think it was just very much that Leicester put out an extremely good, well oiled first team is essentially side and Man City yeah. put out not.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, the community shield, this is the thing like, Arsenal beat Liverpool in this last season. They Arsenal don't really. Beat us in this. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. It's great if you win it and certainly City don't have bang on about it when they win it and get quadruples and in inverted commas, but No
1: other team does that. Yeah,
0: but suddenly this wasn't important to them, which is weird how that shifted. But that is the sign of being a football fan ultimately. It's great if you win it. You don't really care if you don't it's ulti- it is ultimately like a showcase game. Um, obviously if you missed it somehow Leicester won one nil. Um Leicester FA Cup winners, obviously, Man City Premier League winners. Um, Pep got his first book- got the first booking of the season, which I found very enjoyable, mouthing off at the ref. I
1: just love the way whatever Pep does, Jose does better, because he just got yeeted right off that and rolled was... ready with eight players. <laughs> got, yeah,
0: half the team went off as well. Yeah, that was very like... I feel
1: like, by the way, Mourinho and Roma... Mm. It's very much like, you know, when you're trying to simmer a sauce, but you put your convection oven onto nine and everything's going fucking everywhere. Yeah, it's either going to be a very nice ragu or it's going to be all over your kitchen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was very... Oh, Mourinho has arrived back in Serie A then, hasn't he?
1: Well, yeah, and I see now why I didn't want to go to India. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> that day makes. day. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense now. But yeah, community
1: um, show, I don't know what really there is to say. Yeah, I
0: mean, basically, like you say, Leicester deserved the win they put out the stronger team it was funny obviously that it was Inacho who won the penalty converted and when he didn't score we were both
1: literally screaming celebrate you nonce! Know, celebrate yeah. just <laughs> celebrate
0: yeah it's like you say it's not it's not a massive indicator going into the season because man city you know they didn't have all their on it. Yeah, they had a fair few kids out there. You know, it's not really representative of what we're expecting to see from them this season. Zach Stefan was very good again as their yeah, backup I think keeper. A good he, keeper. He kept them in it, really. Leicester probably should have been two or three up by half time. They were really on top for most of the game.
1: Stefan reminds me so much of Romero in that he's so, mm. so good at certain things, but then there's a minute of a heart attack. That's what but, I always think about Stefan.
0: That is a backup keeper. No, it is, Ultimately, of course That's it is. why, you know...
1: People need to learn lessons about Adrian.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but people need to remember what a backup keeper is. Um Yeah, talking points in the game, obviously outside of Leicester, yeah, we're, we're probably expecting them to be quite good this season. Um Man City... We've mentioned Grealish a bunch, he's obviously signed, we saw flashes of him. I still am concerned Pep is going to coach all the fun stuff out of Jack Grealish, but we'll see.
1: I love the way you're concerned, I'm like, I couldn't give less of a thought.
0: Well, I'm I not... don't care about Grealish. No, I mean, his, it, obviously his carbs are magnificent, and most of my Euras experience was people <laughs> following people on Twitter who are very funny, and I don't normally follow football, just <laughs> thirsting over Jack Grealish, because <laughs> of... He's, he How can seems you thirst
1: be... over Jack Grealish and the think... return of the players in the team? Also, against Italy as well. I like hello, are... Emerson.
0: I think you are in the minority. No, on I this like one. a
1: man, not a himbo, though.
0: <laughs> to be he's, quite honest, he's such a himbo. God bless him. Also, Jack I'll Grealish. never forget
1: when he tried to, you know, get in his fucking Range Rover. Absolutely wasted six ways to Sunday with one pink fluffy slipper <laughs> on. So I've never been able to take him quite as seriously since then to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, don't come at me about Grealish when <laughs> Emerson Palmieri is on the fucking opposing team. Jesus Christ in a bucket.
0: Euros winner. Do you
1: know what I'll say? People that like Grealish liked Legolas in Lord of the Rings. People that don't liked Aragorn. And, well, yeah, I know who
0: ended up king.
1: Anyway, moving on. <laughs> shall we do season preview?
0: Sorry, can I say one last thing on this game? You
1: seem to hate my little Linux. <laughs>
0: Because I want to get this out now, basically, and probably to give, I think, Liverpool and Chelsea fans some hope ahead of the season. That because Man City are, you know, they were head and shoulders above everyone else last season, and people are obviously they're always going to be. Yeah, well, people are, I guess, concerned about them again going into this season, and obviously the fact they've they've signed Grealish and everything else might be signing Kane. It's looking more and more likely that DM position. Still does not look good to me, and Fernandinho in that game was getting rings run around him by well, the they've young, players. Well, they ruined Aki as
1: well, which is disappointing. Well,
0: yeah, yeah ultimately, like, sadly, Aki made the error for the penalty. But you've said, like, Aki should be played in DM, that's an option for them. But Pep doesn't seem to want to do it.
1: If he doesn't like how Aki plays out from the back because he thinks he's too slow, he's not going to like how he sprays from exactly. the DM position.
0: Um, I yeah, see
1: why Rodri didn't survive under Showa. <laughs> because he
0: just isn't that good well he the thing is he is a good passing midfielder but he's not a defensive midfielder for for me and I think when you look at him compared to N'Golo Kante and Fabinho and players like that who that's are so harsh. but that that's what they are competing with They are that's
1: like if you said to me if you look at you compared to Jennifer Lopez I'm like well seems a bit mean but alright
0: I you're the most beautiful woman Stop in the being world, to me. Stop
1: being a nonce. Also, it should be person.
0: Not any <laughs> but, um, but that's those are the DMs who are... They're the direct rivals, so, you know, that's the DMs that are. No, I get are, what competing. you're saying.
1: That is a weak spot. I still think you can slice through them like cheese and hot butter. And but, while I think they might win the league, they don't really concern me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but this, this is the thing. I'm trying to, like, give people hope that they do still have an Achilles heel in there somewhere. Because F- Fernandinho's legs are going... Rodrian, it, Rodri isn't strong enough in that position for me. Gondoyan's not a DM even though Pep insists on also, playing
1: in there. Also, if you as a DM, he's taken away his best quality anyway, which is the goals, really. Exactly. I just love that they're, what they think their strongest asset is is also their biggest weakness and that is bold fraud. Anyway, <laughs> shall we <laughs> do a yeah. season preview?
0: Yes, they do have an Achilles heel. Um, shall we start with Liverpool then? We'll chat through our clubs, Liverpool and Chelsea, but Liverpool... Um...
1: Who's is who's? Not even sure after last season. Maybe wow. I'm a little fan. <laughs> I, I knew you in that Champions League final, holding my hand, squeezing that <laughs> hand. Was it hatred of Man City or love of Chelsea? Did you want to sip on?
0: Um, Hatred of Man City and love of you, I think, is what it was.
1: Yes, I feel like he was much the same. Yeah. Anton was just like, give me the wine. Yeah. <laughs> I just need the yeah.
0: wine. He had an experience as not really a football fan, but he enjoyed the drinking and the atmosphere. Um, Yes, Liverpool, so promising pre-season obviously Robertson's minor ankle injury aside but him only being out for four to six weeks felt like something to fucking celebrate after because yeah. <laughs> everyone saw it was like he's probably gonna be out for the season though as of the fact there was just a minor you know ligament damage is it's promising Simakas has been really really good in preseason. season looks like he's had that season to bed in so Not too concerned about him stepping in and doing the job at left back. Um, I feel
1: like when new players go to Liverpool, they're like bulbs and they need to just bed in to the pot. And eventually after like nine months, they do bloom and flower.
0: Oh, someone's got into gardening. Now we've got a garden.
1: I've not at all actually, I think the whole concept is nonsense, <laughs> but you love it. So. We have
0: herbs now and a chilli plant, it's a big thing. We have
1: a pepper plant, chilli plant, all the herbs you can think of, a pizza oven, a bench, garden set, a swinging bench, a pool, we are getting a lazy spot. Well we don't
0: have a pool, we have a blow up. We have
1: a blow up, <laughs> it's ten foot, that's it. We
0: haven't like got, we're not that well off that we can no, get a fucking we're house we're saving up for a lazy
1: spot, <laughs> um, because I want one of the big ones. But um, yes, we but have. Yeah, you
0: and fucking pool weather, by the way, which is a, just the most heard phrase from the last few weeks. Any time the sun has come out, I've
1: it... had coronavirus and I've been thirty-seven degrees. Pool it's fair. weather in a heat wave has been my best friend. It's fair,
0: but yeah, that blow-up pool was quite the purchase because yeah, over my so over much. my birthday weekend, sat in that in the sun, Solid-ish. very nice
1: all so i could do it was great i loved it every day is pool weather can't wait for this new heat wave to allegedly come out
0: every day is pool weather i think i think we have to call this this episode premier league preview don't we otherwise every day is pool weather could have been a good a good one for the episode but title. just
1: wait till we get the lazy spa which is the hot tub because even when it's raining you can still go in it
0: fucking hell okay <laughs> <laughs> that'll be something to look forward to
1: midwinter bath outside <laughs> Anyway, yes, Liverpool bulbs new players. Simakas has looked really bad. Yes,
0: uh, Liverpool, um, that aside as well. Yeah, really promising pre-season. We've obviously got all our centre-backs back, which is nice. Ibrahima Konate signed. Great signing. Looks like a really... He's the centre-back Klopp's wanted, I think, for a while. Looks like he'll slot in nicely. Salah and particularly Sadio Mane look rested Sadio Mane looks like a different fucking player because he, yes. he had an up and down season and he looked knackered by the end and I think a rested Mane is a problem for the rest of the yes. Premier League and I think generally also Harvey Elliott we should shout out as well looks like he's going to feature quite a bit he's looked really exciting as well um, obviously I'm gutted about Ginny Wijnaldum leaving as any Liverpool support who's paying attention should be but when you look at all the midfield options we have it shouldn't be a miss in that sense it's just he's so experienced his leadership he was such a key cog in that midfield and so important that taking that out could take time to adjust to we'll see but with all the players back and i'm kind of liking this pundits are overlooking us they have not they are not remembering i don't think Apart from, I've seen a few like who are remembering how good this squad are, but this squad won the Premier League by 18 points two I mean, seasons ago.
1: One on the Ginny Cog thing, I also think the Cog plays into how long it takes some players to actually <laughs> bed in when they're new because Liverpool is a very, very Cogged machine yeah. and it's so oiled. And I do think, I must say, the other thing Thiago is...
0: now has, had, has got a season under his belt in there as well.
1: I think some pundits do it on purpose for the Clicks
0: yes i think that pictures,
1: is the clicks and the comments on liverpool are such a big club that if you say anything negative about mm-hmm. liverpool liverpool fans because also it's so ludicrous that you're also going to be picked up on it and you get the clicks and you get then the retweets and all of that type of stuff i think plays into it when people do their predictions
0: i agree on that but to be fair what because i have seen a few of those and it's like oh you know van dyke doesn't look back to his best i've seen this like a couple of times first
1: game
0: but also like as i was chatting to someone at my work about this and they were like well liverpool did finish third without van dyke so they're still quite
1: and mainly matthew
0: that was a manchester united fan who said that to me as well so like football fans who were paying attention know how good this squad is um but i wasn't even meaning like those pundits doing it for clicks i just think generally when people are making their season predictions, they're not doing it to be controversial. I think there are some pundits who just are, because of last season and that big dip in the middle, and because of the business City are doing, the business Chelsea are doing, the business Manchester United have done, people are forgetting slightly how good this Liverpool squad actually are and when they are at full strength. Like I say, 18 points basically they won the league by 18 points with essentially this team. You've just taken Ginny Wijnaldum out. None of the rest of the team has changed from that point. And we've got a player like Thiago Alcantara now in that midfield who's actually bedded into the side and was great at the end of last season.
1: What is your solution for the AFCON, which I'm assuming is still going ahead? Um,
0: apparently, they'll only miss two games. Right. So it's not as bad with the way it's fallen. So um, six points. Um, I would like another forward to come in but I suppose it depends what is going to happen with Shakiri. I think he's the main one who they need to make a decision does he go to bring in someone slightly cheaper as a backup to to kind of come in and fill that position but to be honest I'm not too concerned about the squad. I'm concerned if players' knees start falling off again but we can't really <laughs> we can't really account for that like on paper now. I'm happy with the squad and Klopp has implied that maybe another player will come in, which I assume would be a backup attacker if they were going to purchase anyone. But at the end of the day, the end of last season, Liverpool went on what a 10-game unbeaten streak with not a full-strength team, which I think, again, people should be looking at that and thinking, with kind of a broken side, Klopp got them back, dominating again for 10 games. Right, and that momentum goes into this season and a lot of these players have had really good Euros as well yeah. that they can build on. So yeah, look I I might come on here in two months and eat my words, but I think Liverpool are in a really good position going into this season. I think from pre-season as well it's been it's been really promising. So
1: No, I would agree. I definitely would agree and I think from a Chelsea perspective I'm feeling pretty similar. I just yeah. wanna see this Lukaku deal over the line because from my point of view, and anybody's with half a brain, it doesn't kind of push Werner out the door or out the team or on the bench. It makes him better in the team.
0: This is what we've spoken about, right? Because people are already starting to do the thing of like, oh, Werner's going to be pushed out. No, he'll be pushed out onto the left where he wants to play. We've said that all last season. He wants to drift out to that left flank. Now he doesn't have to worry about being the main goal scorer. Yeah. Um yeah, Luke... which
1: by the way I by default think means he's gonna end up being a twenty five. He definitely will
0: because the pressure will be off him yeah. now. The pressure goes on to Lukaku. It's gonna ha- we know this deal's gonna happen, so then we can talk about it yeah, like yeah. it's done basically. Um uh, but he doesn't care. Lukaku's coming off the best season of his career. He can handle that. Lukaku pressure. knows
1: the English media as yeah. well, he knows the pressure, he is very well he knows Chelsea. Yeah, he's he counts as a homegrown player, he knows us, he, he is... is us.
0: He is the perfect striker. Obviously, it is not great that you sold him for twenty eight million, didn't put the buyback clause in, now are him for nearly a hundred million. But I do
1: believe you could probably find me on a podcast somewhere saying I'd rather Murata than off. Yeah, as well, so... <laughs> no, I,
0: I don't think so. Um, but yeah, he's he's just been phenomenal at Inter, and it's obviously. It was the right time for him to leave anyway, I think, before even all the nonsense that's going on at Inter, which basically they have to sell him. And yeah, Chelsea are a concern from like a Liverpool fan point of view, because the one thing, when Tuchel came in, we said, he's got them playing great football. They're solid. They keep the ball so well. They pass in such a fluid way. They're hard to beat. You're hard to break down. The thing that was missing was the goals. So you bring in one of, if not the best number nine in Europe. The most person yeah. right now. <laughs> um, and yeah, give him, you know, a Timo Werner who can play on the left. And, you know, Werner, I think, was your highest assist maker last season. Like, he is great from that point of view as well. So... Yes, I'm I'm concerned about Chelsea because you've got the exact player at the exact time you need it.
1: Yeah, I think people thought we'd do a lot more business and I never thought we would. I didn't think we needed it. I'm so chill with this team, it's unbelievable. Like I'm going into this season so happy, so confident, so willing to kind of chill over the thirty eight games and know that we are as solid as they come. Yeah. We have a very tactically minded manager. You know, there's a reason I call him Tactuk. We've also got the number of Manchester City.
0: Yeah. That's I am, a big one actually at the I'm chill saying. as fuck. No, the, that because those games, um if the, did you have anything else to say on No, Chelsea? I, I was
1: all I was gonna say on Chelsea was I'm almost concerned how chill I am if we get this mm. Lukaku deal over the line. Because usually when you're that chill about a season it goes drastically wrong.
0: You mean me last season <laughs> about Liverpool? Yeah. Um but no, I think Chelsea are in a perfect place. Sorry, I was gonna move it on of like the title race generally, because we've we said it a load last season and I think the business the clubs have done. Right, or... I don't
1: think Man United are in it.
0: No, I agree. I agree. I think Because
1: their managers are the football.
0: It's the Solskjaer thing. I absolutely agree. I know a lot of people would count them in that top, in the title race. They're absolutely in the top they're four They're not in race.
1: the same echelon as speaking about Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp or Tuchel. They're just yeah, not. Yeah,
0: that is the difference. It is, because they have signed really well. Like, there's no doubt about that. Jadon Sancho is a brilliant signing. Obviously, Varane, it's not done as we record, but it's Basically done. Yeah. Like Raphael Varane is whatever the fucking English pundits want to tell you. Of ooh, can he even head a ball? Can he deal with crosses? Yes, yes he can. And also he's coped with Lionel Messi for how many seasons? I think yeah. Chris Wood at Burnley will be fine, lads. Can't Don't wait for worry Chris about. Can't a hat trick, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I mean Varane. It's it's you know English pundits the little Englander thing and the Premier League's the best league in the world, like you alluded to earlier. But also. He had that shitter against Man City and so many players get tagged them with if they've been bad against an English club, therefore, yeah. it's Rafael Varane. He is one of the best centre-backs in Europe for the past five, ten years. Simple as that. It is a, For that as a player, he is a great signing. I just don't know, and I think you agree, whether Solskjaer is the man to get the best out of players like Varane and Sancho because on paper, that squad is one of the best in the league. Underspeed. It is, it's
1: just a uh, winning a Premier League title is such fine lines mm. and fine margins, and sometimes it's not your squad that wins it, it's your manager. Yeah. Because it's those substitutions and it's those yeah. little tweaks. Which we saw um,
0: actually in the Euros with Southgate versus Mancini. Mancini's exactly, experience he knew, he knew made what to difference.
1: do. And that's where I'm very sceptical of thinking they're anywhere near those upper echelons. I think last season they punched above their weight Mm. managerially anyway in terms of, like, he is not that good. They finished higher than they should have done.
0: I agree. I think that has also maybe... But,
1: again, that's a decent squad.
0: I think that's... But it's basically, like, that's given people false sense of security, that's not the right word. But, but other them teams think have like, the
1: worst teams of their lives. That's
0: what I mean. Chelsea obviously had Lampard for half the season. We've spoken a lot on that. Oh, Liverpool... we'd
1: have finished above, way above United if we'd have had Tuchel. We'd um... have probably... Well, I mean, I'd rather the Champions League anyway, but we'd have probably won the league, or like at least toe-to-toe.
0: Yeah, which obviously you go, will this season, I think. And yeah, obviously Liverpool had all the injury problems, the dip in the middle of the season, because if we'd had that middle part of the season as good as we started and ended it, we would have been having a very different conversation yeah. at the end of the season. So, yes, I'm I'm in agreement on Man United. Like, I think people are overrating them. And unless... If Solskjaer's still there, I don't think they're going to compete with the other three. Obviously, this is dependent on Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea not having loads of injuries. We can't... You know, you can't account for that. But I think on paper this could be one of the closest title races we've seen and it I feels like three
1: horse.
0: i it feels like a three horse race because all three are going into this season really strong as we said yeah. if you get the Lukaku deal done which we think you will then you're set up perfectly man city were you know great anyway and they've just added another attacking player to that and liverpool have got all their players back, basically, including Henderson, who I don't think we even mentioned. Him being back in midfield is massive as well. So I'm
1: actually staring at Jordan Henderson in some swimming trunks. Oh so. yeah, we've got
0: <laughs> we've got the um, shirtless image of Jordan Henderson on the wall. I here. put it up there. You did, yeah.
1: I did, but yeah, I think in terms of you've put on the Ronaldo, other standouts on transfer window chats. So we've kind of covered off Grealish and Sancho. Yeah, covered off Laran, who wasn't on there, but I'm assuming he was, etc. Um, <laughs> the other one is Danny Ings. Danny
0: Ings, the shot a shock, really. I thought we were surprised. Southampton
1: are in trouble. I reckon Southam- not not as in relegation trouble. I'm just like, I'm, what is going on at the club?
0: I think it's just is this just what where they think. They are like, and I think with Ings, it's a tricky one for them because he's coming off a couple of great seasons, and obviously he's had injury problems in the past. He's not been injury hit recently. Two great seasons that they just thought cash in while we can get a good
1: because not getting any younger either. That's
0: it, and like they're thinking maybe you know they've got a lot of young players there. They have this great academy and everything else that they can Mm. then put other attackers into that position. Um,
1: I assume they can fill Bertrand's position as well. Oh, yeah.
0: Another surprising one, him going to Leicester. So, yeah, you're right. Southampton have, That's Had what like I mean. A few... It's, like,
1: a, a couple of players who I wouldn't expect them yeah. to leave.
0: But, yeah, in, Ings was surprising, but I kind of get you it get in the way of, like, the cash-in kind of thing. Because, um, yeah, 34 goals in 67 appearances at Southampton, so basically one and two. Um, so for Villa, yeah, it's like a great sign. It's a statement of intent as well. I think when obviously oh, yeah. they've obviously just got an absolute influx of cash from the Grealish sale, but also you know, fans aren't pleased that Grealish has gone because well, he they're is a not going to be, are they? He's, but he's their star. Like so, signing Ings now is a statement of intent on what that they do want to kick on because they they had a great season last season.
1: No, they did, and I'm not saying they didn't. I actually, well, I'm not going to get too far into predictions, but I feel like they're going to be absolutely fine again. Um, Yes, Grealish was huge for them, but they got everything they possibly could the longer they left it without selling him, the more his value I think would have depreciated it is, as well.
0: That is the ultimate so cashing you, in when exactly. you Exactly. Yeah. So
1: you've got to go on this high of the Euros. What do you gamble yeah. on that he's going to help England win the World Cup? But does he want to yeah. stay for that extra two seasons? Probably not. Yeah. I think this was the right time. Also, like, as as harsh as this sounds, like, there's a couple of instance this season where I thought he's not conducted himself very well off the field at all in terms of the COVID stuff so it's not like I'm saying I would sell him for that but I'm also saying that was fucking irresponsible as hell and if I can get a hundred and odd million for you now I'm absolutely gonna do it because it's not that Jack Grealish is worth 100 million, he's worth 100 million to Aston Villa, which is why they yeah. got 100 million. And that, again, is why people don't understand transfers.
0: Well, it's also like if you're selling it to Man City, you ask for more. It's, it's as simple as that from a club. Yeah, people
1: did that to us for years. Look yeah. at Glenn Johnson. Um <laughs> But yeah, unless there's anything else you want to talk about there, do you want to go to the dreaded or do you want to do opening weekend quick?
0: Let's do opening weekend deck quick. I was going to say on Villa, important, they've got rid of John Terry as well, haven't they? So they're in a great position from that point I'm of view as well. I'm really
1: worried that Tuck's going to have a bad part of season, Mateo.
0: I don't think so. I don't think so. But yeah, Villa, obviously they want to kick on and get Europa League. So I think, yeah, Danny Ying's great signing for them in that sense. I'm um, not
1: disagreeing.
0: Opening weekend, so yeah, we're obviously kicking off on Friday with Brentford against Arsenal. Really bloody excited to see Brentford in the Premier League, finally. We've been talking about it for like two seasons now, Um, and it's against Arsenal. If ever there is a team you can get (laughs) an opening day upset against, that is the one. I think
1: it's going to be 5-2, I just don't know to (laughs) who.
0: It does have that vibe, but yeah, Brentford, we love watching them in the Championship, so it's going to be their... Kind of the unknown quantity of the teams that were coming up. We've seen Norwich before. We've seen Watford before. How are Brentford gonna? You know what are they gonna do? Are they? I it don't want to go... spoil
1: my predictions, which I have just written. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I wonder uh, what for you were top doing. Top six. That's what I was doing. I, I honestly just thought you were
0: messaging Lottie and Steph or something. To be honest, no, like, I, I actually hadn't. Talking shite on the I podcast. I actually again.
1: hadn't. Um, no, I voice <laughs> note them anyway, as well you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I am excited for opening weekend. Liverpool opening weekend, how are you Liverpool, saying it? Um,
0: well, we will of course play Norwich because there's some contractual obligation that when Norwich get promoted, they have to play Liverpool on the I opening day. I feel like day. you
1: all should just wear Suarez
0: masks. <laughs> Put Norwich in Liverpool. It's just like, it. it's always an exciting and memorable game. Um, we've had some games where they've been high scores. Obviously Suarez ha- scored... What four of the greatest goals we'd ever seen against them, but yeah, it's it's a nice opener for us more because obviously there's always that worry with a promoted team, but mm-hmm. we actually did this against them two seasons ago. Did, played in the and opening was... game. We obviously played Leeds in the opening game last season, which was oh that mad was a game. fucking game. So it could be like that, but as long as we win, I'm not too concerned. I think it's a. For an opening game, it's probably as nice as it could fall for us apart from the fact that you've got Crystal Palace, which might be the nicest opener possible because I suppose they've got oh, a new manager and, Crystal and that. Crystal Palace
1: me Crystal Palace are always a mess for me, Mm. always a meh.
0: I don't know what to expect from Palace under, you know, completely new manager. I feel like they're going to change a lot from under the Hodgson time, so. No,
1: they will, and the thing that used to frustrate me about Palace was this lack of ambition when Mm. they're actually a really good team that people should really be fucking watching out for, and what, why have you given me a dead, dodgy look? It's the
0: first scouse fucking of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Um, But I think it's one of my first swears, actually,
0: but um, Yeah, I don't think we've had a seat bomb That's no wild. I've, I've
1: been really careful on,
0: on our best behavior are we for first podcast of the season it's easier went. when you
1: get me in segments not a <laughs> um but no i think palace is somebody i worry about i also always consistently worry about gary cahill like uh, i never course, don't know yeah. um but i and again we'll talk about that we'll talk about oh my this, god you've got full scouts in the predictions but I have theories over certain Chelsea players okay. and how well they'll do this season. And I think that players people aren't necessarily talking about.
0: Okay, Um, Who I'd
1: start to get very worried about if I was l opposition on. So yes, um, I'm not bothered about the Open weekend because I'm not bothered about the season. I'm just expecting glory for the next 12 months, to be quite frank with you.
0: Okay, interesting. So you're not bothered about the season in the sense that you're chill about the oh, season? Oh, I'm chill as fuck. Um, I, I, I'm
1: worried at how chill I am because usually by the eve of I am panicked as donkeys hell, but I am donkeys
0: hell. must that be like?
1: I guess no, Blackpool beaches or oh, loads of Blackpool <laughs> it's just beaches. Just constant
0: Blackpool beaches. <laughs> um, the obviously the pick of the games is Spurs against Man City. That's the the big game. <laughs> Weird, what will like, Harith of Poppy do? It's weird, because Harry Kane isn't going to play in it, apparently, which... Um, Harith of Poppy? Why... <laughs> doesn't know what he's doing. Why would that be? It must It must be a coincidence, I'm sure, why if he's I not
1: I I am in big trouble. <laughs> So shall we move on to the uh...
0: um, But should be a good game. Should be a good game. That's yes. that's the that's the one to watch of that opening weekend. But
1: And also Manny United are playing on I do believe Friday night, and I don't think it's a coincidence that my mum and dad have invited themselves around.
0: No, I think that I think they might be Saturday. Oh I thought
1: they were the Friday pickles. Friday, is, Arsenal, Friday?
0: Arsenal is Friday. Oh
1: lord, so I've completely misunderstood <laughs> the situation. Oh my god, do they actually just want to see us? God imagine how utterly wild.
0: Imagine. My mum was
1: like I've seen your dad said in your bins you drink box Pinot. We'll bring one.
0: Sorry, in our bins. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's what I said. I was like, that's really creepy, but yeah, bring one. That's what we like.
0: Your dad's been okay. But my dad Written takes our bins, bins away, doesn't he? So the four recycling. It's bins It's very system, difficult in suburbia still... to do it
1: correctly, So my parents come up and take them away for us.
0: Like the five hundred recycling bins that we have. Um, but what, anyway, what was I going to say? Predictions, um,
1: relegations. were you going to say about the dreaded prediction, burger Already.
0: Um. First of all, I was going to say, as a final thing on opening weekend of the season, VAR supposedly has some cha- rule changes coming in to where offsides are going to be less noncy, apparently. So that's stuff where we've seen like someone's little toe being offside and someone's arse cheek being offside. Shouldn't be a thing because they're gonna use a slightly bigger margin of error. Now. I saw
1: as well, Mike. I'm gonna call it Riley Set, who is like the chief now of the PGM mm-hmm. nonsense um has said that they want a referee like the euros but not quite like the euros because that was a one off tournament where people are very enthusiastic and very happy but it was a very good referee so we want to kind of do it like that but not quite that
0: what i will say on the euros refereeing is it was great for the first half of the tournament and then it rapidly went yes, downhill for the second half of the tournament i'm not sure why but it noticeably got worse as the tournament progressed I think Um, probably
1: because, like, the good referees stopped being picked, or... Possibly,
0: yeah, and the big-name refs started getting picked. You're probably right. Um, Noah's
1: entered the room.
0: He has... um, Well, we just mentioned Harry Kane, didn't we? So it fits. But, yeah, VAR... I don't know how much faith I have in them to implement it properly in the Premier wish League. I kind it wasn't
1: a thing now. Yeah,
0: I mean the offside thing winds me up the most. You know that. So. No,
1: it looks like he's about to stop playing the guitar <laughs> in like a
0: or a sad ballad about Kane leaving, perhaps.
1: Oh no, you little fat floof. But well, it's um, not even fat. He's proportioned well.
0: Um, um, let's do. Should we do top six and relegation yeah, predictions? Go on. Uh, for this
1: season, or are you going last season?
0: So, I don't think we've revisited our predictions from last season.
1: What did he just knock over there?
0: <laughs> he's he's well, furious that we're chatting about Harry Kane, apparently. Um, yeah, I don't think we got around to revisiting our predictions from last season. If we did and we've forgotten, apologies. But we'll revisit them again. Um, here's. Um so the top six as it was, go to on. remind people how it actually finished, um Man City, man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester, and then West Ham got sixth, which definitely listening back to my predictions earlier, we didn't predict. Oh, at I all. think
1: I predicted them to go down.
0: I don't know if you've settled on them going down, but you were pretty close from what I remember. Um, The three relegated teams were Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United, which were the surprise, I think, going into the season. Both of us felt like they would kick on. Sorry, they... I feel
1: like I'm going to cry. I'm really happy. I've really missed the podcast and I've missed doing it and I've yeah. missed our, like... People and audience on mic, because we're
0: we're just horrible to each other off mic. I know,
1: but (laughs) I was just like off mic, just then I was really horny for you right now.
0: (laughs) I don't don't actually have the energy for
1: anything like that because I fall asleep (laughs) every ten minutes.
0: The the other side of this is though (laughs) that we're about to do predictions and revisit prediction purgatory, so we're probably gonna end the the podcast just angry at each other in the podcast again for the terrible predictions we've made but yes so yeah uh relegated teams last season were Fulham West Brom Sheffield United so my picks last season
1: (laughs) oh my god (laughs) that sounds positive
0: um top six first I went Liverpool to win obviously I hadn't anticipated that all our centre-backs would get injured so allow me that one slightly um Man City second. Chelsea third, I went, which was... That one's... Nope, that one wasn't right either. It was nearly right. Um, Arsenal. Arsenal, I went for fourth. They finished eighth, by the way. Um, Man United, I had fifth. And then... Everton I had it in six I had Everton in six by the way do you know what we haven't mentioned Ancelotti fucking off back to Real Madrid <laughs> that's hilarious um, the Ev, the Ev we, I don't think either of us are picking them for top six this season because well I didn't last F. season
1: because I got fucked over the what season before going, what
0: were your top six remind us
1: Liverpool Man City nobody Chelsea what Tottenham was your Arsenal Come on. It was Ars- it, sorry it was Arsenal
0: third you went for Arsenal I went third. Liverpool Man
1: City Arsenal Chelsea, Tottenham Man United. Why did we think Arsenal would oh, be Tessa, so good? I have real faith. Yeah,
0: I think you convinced me as well that they were gonna be. And now better. people are
1: saying things like over is finished and well, we're I done.
0: Mean, I don't then I don't think they're getting near either of our top six. Oh predictions. god no, this time, no. I they so. forgot they
1: existed. I'm not yeah. even gonna lie to you.
0: <laughs> I remembered when I remembered the community shield from last season, so um yeah, so that was top six predictions. So not great it's from just us. Not, is it? I, I can't believe how much we rated Arsenal. That's so Stop wild. Let's move on. Uh, relegation picks. So I went Fulham, West Brom, Brighton. So I got two out of three, which I don't think is bad.
1: I went West Brom, Burnley if Sean leaves, Brighton if not, West Ham, unfortunately.
0: So you did have West Ham in yes! there. Yes. Sixth place west I knew I did,
1: because I wanted them to heat out this fucking league because I was so angry on behalf <laughs> of your people. So really emotion <laughs> fucked me over. I've not let that happen this time. I've been really harsh.
0: Okay, so
1: I've been really grim.
0: Right, this season, right, shall I shall we do top six? Shall I kick off first?
1: Go on. I've put no emotion in this whatsoever. Okay. By the way. Uh
0: so top three was spoken about. I think we're both expecting it to be really close. I've gone Back and forth on this a lot, but I'm I'm going with it. I'm gonna back my boys again. I'm I'm like I said, I think people or certain people are massively underestimating Liverpool going into this season. I wonder if maybe other teams are underestimating them slightly. I don't know, but I think again, if Virgil van Dijk, Joe Gomez, John Matip and now Canate, who's had his injury problems in the past, if all their knees could just stay on their bodies that would i think give us a really good chance of actually um winning back the premier league um but yeah obviously like then there's like chelsea we've spoken about and man city um man city by the way something we didn't mention how do they bounce back from losing the champions league final the way they did i wonder if that has an impact and how much they're definitely going to put into the fact they have to get to the final again and They'll actually try and win it. They'll probably just
1: piss out fraudulent money and fine.
0: <laughs> Right, top three. Here we go. Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about much between Don't them. Don't be
1: sorry, be better.
0: Yeah, now, you're not, now you've not got tears of joy anymore, have you? I knew this was going to happen. It was going to turn. Can you um,
1: explain why,
0: please? Um, At I... what
1: point do you think we're third?
0: But I'm thinking there's going to be like one, two points between these. I think it's going to be oh, I really, think will really be close. A goal difference. But what you said earlier about, um, I think we forgot to come back to this, your point about Chelsea against Man City. In hindsight... Could actually uh, maybe I would have put Chelsea oh, higher. You're if I, I have sh-
1: Chelsea <laughs> rationale.
0: But you're right, because I think it's gonna come down to those games a lot more than. So I'd never do
1: with you, stick you in a witness box because you're fucking flapping <laughs> like a vagina right now. This is absolutely ridiculous. So you're basically calling us third, but you've no rationale to it and now you're backing back anyway.
0: So in fourth place, um I'm going man you, obviously. Um not obviously. Okay. Can I can I finish my predictions anyway without me tearing them to shreds? I'm not horny for you anymore. I know um, that turns so quickly within like for five force. minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's the episode title, isn't it? <laughs> um, Man United fourth, Leicester are <laughs> fifth. That's Leicester fifth. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, sixth, I've gone Spurs just because I think they're they're gonna lose Kane, but they've got. <laughs> I'm getting my head gone. is
1: so far sideways, I'm basically Nell from Haunted House right now.
0: <laughs> Again, I was like, thinking, who do I think is going to finish sixth? Arsenal were nowhere near my thoughts. I could have gone for like, do a Villa kick on, do West Ham. I don't think West Ham would retain that position. Everton are going to be nowhere near it. I think Spurs will actually do okay because they've got Nuno in, who is a great manager. I think once... To be honest, once they get this Kane saga out the way, you know, they've got Son there. They've tied him down to a contract. God bless him. (laughs) I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. Because it was better than
1: the South Korean army.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I don't think they're going to fucking threaten the top four. But I think in what will probably be a fairly contested, like, Battle for fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth. I would think I could see Spurs being the bottom. Of I that think pack.
1: Nuno's tactics are interested in how they're going to mesh and marry with Spurs. Should I do mine? <laughs> please do. So I think the title's going to be one on goal difference. I yeah. think it's going to be one goal. I think Timo Werner will score the goal that wins Chelsea wow, the Well, you're literally going
0: full prediction purgatory territory when you said you fucking hated that segment. Yeah, by did. the way, I did, and I
1: still do. Still PTSD. Chelsea, Liverpool, same points. Chelsea's winning win it on goal difference. Third. I'm not being funny. I'm jumping later. out that
0: fucking window if we lose to you, <laughs> you on fucking goal difference. <laughs>
1: Third by five points, Manchester City. Then you're looking at 15 more points, you go in Leicester. <laughs> you're like
0: big drop-off, di- I looking don't at disagree. Looking at 15
1: more points, Leicester. Two more points behind that, Man United. Eight more points behind that, Aston Villa.
0: So you're saying Villa, like, I did... I really I, fucking fancy Villa. Just so you're so on the scouse fuckings now. Despite thinking Liverpool aren't going to win the league, what does, what does that say? I would not
1: in any way be surprised if you did, I have to say. I I wrestled with head and heart there.
0: It's That top three, I think, is really difficult to call. And until all the signings are done, until we start to see how That's they the thing, start the if we the don't season. get
1: Lukaku over the line, I'm panicking. If yeah. City get Kane over the line because I, I, I'm not necessarily sure they will, I would look at things a little bit differently. Yeah, I, I don't um, think you're going to get anybody else over. Lan- I just think those... I think it'll be... I'll, I think, if I'm honest, it'll be two points you drop during the AFCON. I think you'll get a draw and a win, and I think it'll that be that AFCON draw thing, that might can, fuck you up.
0: You're right, though. That has to be a consideration as well. I mean, on the Kane thing and City, he, he would be perfect for them and what they need, particularly how he now operates as more of a, like, a false nine in certain Well, that's ways. Mourinho's like, brilliance. It is. Pep Guardiola gonna, a fucking extra bloody, inch, is it? He's going to bloody profit the extra inch, did you just say? <laughs> yes, Pep's is. extra inch. Relegation, Maybe, shall we? Um, Sorry, I was going to say, Kane improves them, but how much does he improve Quiet. them? That's the thing, and I still think that DM position is an interesting one. You think what...
1: Kane's going to score more than Aguero? Mm-mm.
0: I think, look, Kane is... Kane
1: is less injury-prone than Aguero.
0: That's Mm-mm. the other thing. But yeah, Kane will slot in perfectly. Yes, it then City are... But City are terrifying now. That's I what don't I mean. Think like, that's what
1: I mean. It's like, like Kane is not a better goal-scorer than Aguero. Kane is not less mm-hmm. injury-prone than Aguero. I think he's more mm-hmm. injury-prone than Aguero.
0: But so. I think it's that thing. They can get Grealish and Kane in, but they can only improve in those areas so much. And yeah, that will give them... You know they'll they'll bang in loads of goals, but they haven't. I a... can
1: put Nutella instead of Reese's Pieces on my vagina. It doesn't mean it's any less or more appealing, does it? It's just swapping out like for like. So relegation. We're
0: really in the fucking yeah
1: end game now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> relegation. So I've gone for uh, Watford, Norwich, and then for my sins, after I got fucking mocked for it incessantly in pre in a previous season, but I'm saying Burnley again. I'm going for it because I think Burnley, you know, they, they they did flirt with it last season. They did actually flirt with it, I think. Basically, because I've gone for two of the three promoted mm. teams. Brentford, I know I'm kind of going heart overhead in a lot of ways here, but I think they could go either way. They could just come up because they've people might not know how to kind of respond to them, that kind of thing coming up, not like Leeds, because I think Leeds were ready-made when they came up, but like uh, the way Hull started when You're they came up... You're basically
1: saying Brentford might be a pot noodle if you put the right amount
0: of hot water in. So the amount I put in, basically. Oh, for fuck <laughs> But yeah, I'm. they could go either way in how they do in the Premier League, and I'm just, I'm just thinking maybe they go and just finish maybe mid-table even and just, you know, surprise people in that sense. Norwich... I did go back and forth on as well because they've obviously had that season under Farker in the Premier League. It's just, have they.
1: I think they've kept enough.
0: I think they've kept enough, definitely. The fact that they're coming back with Cantwell, Pookie, uh, Tim Cruel I mean. as same well. Same manager. Same manager who's done the league before. I think and more just, I'm just like, they had so many issues with not being compact enough. And I'm like, have. Will. He have got rid of those issues because going forward, they were great when they played in the Premier League, and I'm sure they will be again. But it's no good, obviously, if you can see and the load of goals right. as well. Looking at
1: them last season, I think they'll be all right. All
0: right. Well, what, who have you gone for then?
1: Burnley, Watford, Brentford, Slash, so Brighton. You've,
0: you've got Burnley as well. Yeah, I've got. I think we both got. So now I think we're like fucked. Right. Relegation candidates Burnley. If anyone fucking tweets me this time, (laughs) I'm I'm never letting this go. But yeah,
1: Burnley, Watford, yes, then Brentford slash Brighton is mine. If I'm honest, I think Brentford are going to struggle. I don't. I think Norwich will be all right. I think that they've kept enough people and personnel. I think they've learnt that lesson. I might be horrifically wrong, but. I think Brentford might struggle because I used to think Brentford were the perfect team to come up actually, and then they lost Ollie Watkins and they have
0: lost a couple of players. I think they
1: might get pillaged a bit in winter if they're having an all right season as well, which then might impact them. Yeah,
0: possibly. Yeah, we'll have to see. I I do think it could go either way, but you're right. Like they have lost certain players,
1: but that's my that's my feeling anyway.
0: But I I love that we're just pretty solid on Burnley, just not having done enough, and maybe they've outstayed their welcome. They have, for a long time. Been. For a long yeah. time,
1: Ben Meek can go somewhere better, but the rest of them, bye bye.
0: Um, but yeah, Brighton's an interesting one because I feel like every season, well, we never quite know what to expect from Brighton because they play lovely football. I also
1: but, feel like they
0: kind of have to stay there, welcome them. But Brighton, are a hell of a lot more entertaining. No, to they are. Nobody's disputing that. You are. know, it's just again they they do seem to struggle in terms of getting the goals. Mm. Uh, consistently, that has been an issue. But we will see this season. Right, we're gonna have to do fucking prediction purgatory um. and revisit the end of last season. Um. We are going to do, I think, a new segment for the new season, aren't we? Which we'll introduce on next week's show. Yeah. um, Because we try and do a different one every year. But we did not actually go through the results from the final day of the season and the final results of last season of who actually won Prediction Purgatory. Um, If there are any new listeners, basically last season we predicted a bunch of games each time we predicted the result the score the first goal score the first card and some mad shit we thought would happen the scores going into the final day of the season were Rebecca 26 and Alex 24 there
1: are 38 games in a season <laughs> <laughs> You get a six point. points up for grabs. You get a
0: point for each of these categories. We are
1: horrific at this game. I uh, hate it more than anything by the way, in the world.
0: Five points for each game, so that shows how good your maths is. By the way, what? <laughs> There's five categories. Oh yes, my movement is only one. Um, but yes. Yeah, so for the final day of the season, we made predictions on two games. I'm not feeling good about my chances here, having revisited Let's them. So through. remember, there are two points I have to try and make up. Yeah, I'm two points behind. So, Leicester versus Tottenham, which is a big one on the final day of the season. Result, I said Leicester. It was Tottenham. That's nothing. Score 2-1. It was 4-2 to Spurs. First goal scorer, Harry Kane. It was Jamie Vardy. First card, Heuberg. It was Bergwijn. Mad moment. This obviously didn't happen. I said Leicester would get a late winner, but it wouldn't be enough because Liverpool would still do what they needed to do to get top four that's no points that's no points some mad moments that did happen just to remind people in that game (laughs) two two penalties scored by Jamie Vardy cash for Schmeichel own goal if we'd gone for any of that stuff we would have got a point um so that's zero points for me
1: I went Tottenham so that's one point
0: it's not looking good for Wally is it (laughs) 3-1,
1: 3-1, no. Harry Kane, no. Soyon Young Q, no. Harry Kane score a hat-trick and do an emotional goodbye, no. No. So I've still got one point. So it's 27 for Rebecca, I do believe.
0: Fucking hell, right. Um,
1: Chelsea-Villa. Well, Villa-Chelsea.
0: I mean, spoiler alert, but it's basically over for me at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> I said Chelsea to win. It was Villa who surprisingly won that one. Um, score, I said 3-1 to Chelsea. It was 2-1 to Villa. First goal scorer, I said Timo Werner. It was Bertrand Traore, because fucking of course it was against Chelsea. Um, first card, I said John McGinn. It was Jorginho. And then mad moment, I said John Terry would try to be Pally with Thomas Tuchel um, and get blanked, which I don't think happened. No. Um, mad moments, which did happen in that one. Um, obviously, Villa winning, but then Chelsea still getting top four because of Leicester dropping points. Um Aspi also got sent off late yes. in that game for a foul on Jack Grealish for oh late. Enough. Um, so, yeah, zero points. So,
1: so I went Chelsea to win. I said score 2 1. I didn't say to whom, though, on the results, well, you, You've just sent the results no, no. you sent me. The results you sent me says 2 1.
0: You've said Chelsea to All win. Right, fine, I you don't need the points. It's fine.
1: God, fuck uh, first goal scorer, team of Werner, first card, Kubrick, and my moment, Harry and Tuchel, to have a big cuddle.
0: Which I'm not convinced happened either. No, I
1: don't I don't need the point. I'm no, not bothered. I
0: don't need the points. Right. 28-24, Rebecca's won. So I won Prediction the entire purgatory. Season. The fucking concept she came up with, the concept she fucking moaned about for the entire season. <laughs> She's fucking gone and won it. Right the day de- I was in the lead for quite a good chunk of that no. season as well, and then you stormed in at the end. I got I got too cocky, clearly, you that's were just what happened. Yep. Yeah, um
1: We'll do a new concept for next <laughs> season there won't be anything like prediction purgatory.
0: <laughs> oh, on that note, Alex Alex is a nonce. Um it's lovely to have been So back. nice
1: to be back.
0: Um yes, if you have enjoyed the podcast, obviously you can indeed subscribe on all the platforms. Uh iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. Stitcher, Castbox, pretty much wherever you get your pods. Please do subscribe because then the the pods will drop automatically into your feed as they're released. Since it's a new season, you can leave us a lovely five star review on iTunes as well. Um, recommend us to people who are looking for a new pod for the season. Social media, which will be very active again, I'm sure, on the first weekend of the season. Um, Facebook at Did It Cross the Line, Twitter at Did It Cross. Instagram is at did it cross when we remember we have it. <laughs> um, the website is diditcrossline.com. Uh, the email is contact at diditcrossline.com if you want to get in touch that way. And yeah, all the previous podcasts are on the website if you want to go and check them out there. I think that's everything it is. for this Thank week. Thank you so
1: much for listening. Have an amazing week and
0: we will see you very soon. On um, the reds, up the blues. Bye. Bye.